This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Major fall in global food prices for July, but future supply worries remain. Organization of American States says part of blame for Haiti's security crisis lays with international community. U.S. Virgin Islands secures $25 million to fund Phase 2 of Veteran Drive project on its waterfront. U.S. commits $2 million U.S. dollars for creation of Cyber Center of Excellence in Jamaica. New funding areas coming for British Virgin Islands money services tax and Trini awarded Korean scholarship. These and other stories on today's Pulse of Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, August 10th. We start a report today with a look at global food prices. St. Lucia Times reports that the Food and Agricultural Organization reported on Friday that food prices dropped significantly in July, marking the fourth consecutive month decline since hitting record highs earlier in the year in the wake of the Ukraine war. The United Nations Agency published its latest Eagerly Food Price Index, the barometer that tracks monthly changes in the international prices of five food commodities, cereal, vegetable oils, dairy products, meat and sugar. The index averaged 140.9 points in July, or 8.6 points down from June. The decline was led by double-digit percentage drops in the cost of vegetable oils, but also cereals, with a recent United Nations broker deal on Ukrainian grain exports a contributing factor. Maximo Torero, Food and Agricultural Organization chief economist, says many uncertainties remain, including high fertilizer prices that can impact future production prospects and farmers' livelihoods, oblique global economic outlook, and currency movements, all of which pose serious strains for global food security. The St. Nevis Observer reports that the Organization of American States is pleading for urgency to continue working to increase security in Haiti. In a statement, the OAS said the institutional crisis that Haiti is currently experiencing is a direct result of the actions taken by the country's indigenous forces and by international community. The OES said the last 20 years of the international communities present in Haiti has amounted to one of the worst and clearest failures implemented and executed within the framework of any international corporation. This failure has to do with 20 years of erratic political strategy by an international community that was not capable of facilitating the construction of a single institution with the capacity to address the problems facing Haiti. Without resources in a climate of violence, without technological capabilities, without financial accumulation, without any of that today, they want us to believe a complete indigenous Haitian solution could prosper. This is not so. The OS said, without the basic conditions of democracy and security, the French-speaking Caribbean community CARICOM country is suffering from the international community's lack of ideas and real capacity, as well as from its own structural problems. 
The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands announced that it successfully secured a competitive $25 million federal grant from the U.S. Department of Transportation's Rebuilding America Infrastructure with Sustainability and Equity Raise Grant Program. The award will be used to fund Phase 2 of the Veteran Drive Improvement Project along the waterfront of downtown Charlotte Molly St. Thomas. The Veteran Drive Road will be rerouted around the perimeter of the VI Legislator Building and widening heading west toward the Blyden Ferry Terminal. The scope of the work for the next segment will include roadway widening, pavement reconstruction, seawall construction, drainage improvement, lighting, installation of a new expanded promenade and landscaping. It will also include on-street parking. According to the release, the raised grant, previously known as the Build or Tiger Grant, is a highly competitive federal grant for which thousands of entities across the United States apply each year. The 2022 Raise Discretionary Grants Program received $1.5 billion through the bipartisan infrastructure law passed by Congress and signed by U.S. President Joe Biden earlier this year. U.S. Virgin Islands Governor Albert Bryan praised the local Department of Public Works for securing a competitive federal grant of $25 million, the maximum amount awarded for Phase 2 of the Veteran Drive Improvement Project on St. Thomas. Jamaica Information Service reports that the United States government will be providing two million U.S. dollars in support of the creation of a cyber center of excellence in Jamaica, which will benefit the wider region. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris made the announcement during her call with Prime Minister Andrew Holness on August 8. The statement was issued by the White House and said that the call is part of the Biden-Harris administration ongoing efforts to elevate engagement with Caribbean leaders given our shared interests in common bonds. During the communication, the Vice President and Prime Minister Holness welcomed progress made on three short-term joint U.S.-Caribbean committees that President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris launched in June to produce concrete near-term solutions to urgently address food security, energy security, and finance challenges confronting the region. Vice President Harris met with Prime Minister Holness on March 30th, where they discuss a range of issues, including security, COVID recovery, and economic growth. BVI News reports that British Virgin Islands Premier Dr. Natalia Whitley has indicated that new categories of funding are likely to be added to those already in existence for how the government's money service tax is being spent in the British Virgin Islands. The territory's leader gave that indication while speaking with reporters at a press conference on Monday, August 8. Premier Whitley noted that the new categories introduced will be subject to receiving an affirmative vote once the resolution is made in the House of Assembly. During the press conference, Dr. Whitley noted that the fund accumulated somewhere in the region of $6 million and gave an indication that some of it will be put towards the urgent needs of athletes representing the territory abroad in the near future. The Premier said the issue of adding new categories became a priority for him because he wanted to ensure that the Ministry of Education, Culture, Youth Affairs and Sports had dedicated monies committed to sports that could be 
put towards local grassroots programs. Currently, the money services tax is being spent on a number of areas, including infrastructure, education, senior citizens, agriculture and fishing, as well as land bank and first-time homeowners initiatives. The controversial legislation passed in 2020 mandates that 7% tax be taken from all monies leaving the British Virgin Islands through money transfer agencies and any agency deemed to be non-compliant are liable to fines by the government. Premier Whitley has since expressed that his government intends to slash that tax in half, a move which will likely be reprieved for many who view it as burdensome and unnecessarily high. Since the law has come into effect, the money earned from the tax has been a key component of the British Virgin Islands revenues. HPC Wire reports that when Hurricane Maria, a Category 4 storm with 155-mile-per-hour winds, made a direct hit on Puerto Rico in 2017, it ravaged the island's power grid and caused the longest blackout in U.S. history. Maria left many residents in Puerto Rico without power for nearly a year. In the aftermath of this devastation, the U.S. Department of Energy and its National Laboratory System partnered with Puerto Rico to generate a more resilient power grid to keep the lights on in communities and to protect against the worst consequences of new hurricanes. The Department of Energy's Pacific Northwest National Laboratory has delivered a solution to a more resilient power grid with the Electrical Grid Resilient and Assessment System, EGRAS, a powerful platform that helps prepare and fortify critical structures as new threats are identified. The development of this software was possible with funding from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, and it will help the island to be better prepared with proper action plans and materials when facing big storms in the future. The Puerto Rico Energy Power Authority, PREPA, and the operator and administrator of the Transmission and Distribution System of Puerto Rico, Lumer Energy, are now using eGRASS to study and plan for extreme weather events and potential impact on the grid, to better expose data and knowledge gaps in the system, and to use that information to protect critical infrastructure. These exercises are helping Luma Energy managers plan ahead to repair transmission lines, substations, and other components in Puerto Rico, keeping them safe from upcoming weather threats. EGRAS helps emergency managers better characterize storms' impacts by simulating historical storm paths for a variety of different wind intensity estimates. It estimates the probability of failure for different components of the electrical infrastructure such as towers, transmission lines, and substations, and it analyzes the associated risk and impacts of the failures on systems reliability. It also aids in real-time recovery operations by providing expert judgment for determining alternative power sources for critical end users. Pacific Northwest National Laboratory is participating in the unified Department of Energy effort to rebuild Puerto Rico's power grid and help it prepare for future hurricanes. The multi-year project includes complex work on grid modernization and planning for the future, including a transition to 100% renewable 
levels by 2050. And finally, Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that Trinidadian Christopher Ash has been awarded the 2022 Korean Government Scholarship Program to do a master's degree in robot and smart system engineering at Gyeongpuk National University in South Korea. This scholarship is offered to Trinidad and Tobago citizens as a part of the exchange of promising young students between Korea and Trinidad and Tobago, which began in 2019. Ash's degree will take two years. Before it begins, he will first spend a year, beginning in September, studying Korean at Dongseo University in Busan, the second largest city in Korea, to familiarize himself with Korean society and student life. In a release on Wednesday, the Embassy of the Republic of South Korea said there were many applicants for the scholarship this year, but Ash was ultimately chosen by virtue of his excellent academic achievements, language abilities, and extracurricular activities. Ash said he was keen to experience campus life in Korea and is looking forward to exploring Korean language and culture while furthering his educational goals. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, August 10th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.